My name is Nguyen Long, and my work seeks to understand the in-situ physics properties of the reclaimed land in Singapore using the surface wave method for engineering site investigation. Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Soundoff, in-depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this episode, Neely Long discusses his paper, In-Situ Physical Properties of Reclaimed Lands in Singapore, from the May issue of The Leading Edge. Reclaimed land construction is crucial for the sustainable development of the land-scarce city-state of Singapore. To characterize the physical properties of two different types of reclaimed lands, Nilio and his co-authors conducted both active and passive seismic surveys. Nilio Long explores the value of multi-channel analysis of surface waves to investigate these lands and shares what they discovered with these pioneering tests. He also offers tips on how other geophysicists can build upon this study in their communities. This episode is sponsored by Geospace Technologies. For decades, Geospace has delivered robust data acquisition systems of all scales. Geospace's PRM solutions were the first to provide a 4D understanding of marine reservoirs. Today, Geospace leads with optosized fiber optic sensing technology for reservoir monitoring. Recently, the company launched a reduced sensor footprint solution using compact phased array technology for passive monitoring of micro-seismicity known as SADAR. Learn about the latest advances in reservoir intelligence at geospace.com. And now my conversation with Neely Long. So we're talking with you about a, a published article in May's The Leading Edge, and it's titled exactly what you said there, In Situ Physical Properties of Reclaimed Lands in Singapore. And in that article, you say that 25% of the total land space in Singapore is reclaimed land. How important is utilizing these reclaimed lands for the future of Singapore? Well, as we know, the urban development requires land resources for infrastructure and residential building construction to meet the demand of the increasing population. As a result, the reclaimed land is purposely designed to expand the useful area for the land scarcity region. And according to the Singapore government's open database, the reclaimed land area has increased by 25% in the past decade, and more reclaimed lands are under planning in the future. Regarding the role that reclaimed land plays, some of them provide the base for infrastructure construction, such as the factories, harbors, or the airports, uh, which are closely related to the citizens' daily life and boost the economic growth of the whole society. On the other hand, there are some reclaimed land was built to store the daily waste from human activities to mitigate the adverse environmental effect. These waste materials are dumped into sales after the incineration and standard environmental treatment, and they will finally form the municipal solid waste landfill. Yeah, it's a good lead into these four types of lands that you're looking at. So what were the attributes of, of the four types of reclaimed lands that you investigated? Our study investigated the properties of the reclaimed land constructed with different materials and find that the filling materials contribute to the uniformity of the reclaimed land. We first studied the reclaimed land that built with the nature soil, which is usually obtained from the nature geology formation. And then we compare its in-situ properties with the Jurong Formation, one of the major geology formations in Singapore. Our study found that shear wave velocity in these two regions show relatively uniform properties. 
And on the other hand, the reclaimed land built from solid waste material is a particular type of the landfill, since the fitting materials are made of various daily waste. As a result, the heterogeneous poverty can be expected when we use such materials to build reclaimed land. An interesting finding in this region shows that shared velocity change with the time, inferring that the physical or the chemical reactions occurred even after the land construction. That is very unlike the reclaimed land built from the nature soil. What were some of the limitations of geophysical surveys when used to explore reclaimed lands? Well, compared to the nature geology formation, the uncertainties in the reclaimed land have been significantly reduced since they are man-made ground. However, the main limitations of the geophysical methods in such region come from the fitting material and the, its surrounding environment. You know, some unexpected soil, such as the soft clay, may still exist in the reclaimed land. And the resolution and the target depth of the seismic or the electromagnetic method could be compromised just because of the high attenuation effect in these soft porous materials. Second, the surrounding environments, such as the water table level, could also influence the measuring accuracy, that especially for the electronic resistivity method. Hence, we recommend a combining different geophysics methods together to obtain a more accurate measurement. Last but not least, in practice, some site limitations such as small field size with varying ground levels should also be considered for the data acquisition design. Yeah, it makes sense to use all of the tools at your disposal when you're, when you're doing this kind of work. What is a, a multi-channel analysis of surface waves? Uh, well, multi-channel analysis of surface wave is a non-destructive seismic method that utilizes the surface wave information to analyze the underground soil properties. It requires the information from multiple geophone arrays. Hence, it's called the multi-channel analysis. And since both sources and sensors are deployed at the ground surface, MSW is efficient to deploy and thus gaining the increasing popularity in engineering communities recent years. And basically, such a method could analysis the relationship between the wavelengths and phase velocity after we precise the raw data and convert it into the dispersion spectrum. Subsequently, we can extract the depths and share wave velocity information based on the observation in the dispersion spectrum. And certainly, to make a more advanced interpretation, each layer's parameters must be backcalculated that based on the forward modeling that's through the inversion procedure. So here, this is the basic hypothesizing procedures for MSW. How did you use MSW to investigate these reclaimed lands of your study? First, we went to the site and acquired the data from the geophone array, and after some Preprocessing and data cleaning, we obtain the dispersion spectrum through the domain transformation that converts the raw data in the time offset domain into the phase velocity and frequency domain. So this uh, dispersion spectrum is used to denote the complexity of the underground profile, and it also provides a general relationship between the shear wave velocity versus the depth. Then we can back calculate the model parameters that could satisfy the physical model 
that reflects the relationship between the dispersion curves and soil elastic model parameters. So the properties of the reclaimed land are evaluated by the shear wave velocity distribution and each region, as well as the general velocity trend. What other geophysical methods did you use in your investigation? Well, initially, we planned to apply the multi-types of the geophysics method, that including the seismic method, electronic resistivity, and electromagnetic method. And to characterize the reclaimed land, since their various geophysics methods can improve the measurement accuracy. Uh, however, our current studies mainly focus on the surface wave and body wave analysis due to the site limitation and creep uh, availability. So in the future work, we will dive deeper into the other method application and compare their measurement results with our current study in this reclaimed land. Yeah, I'm sure that is always such a difficult aspect of geophysical work is, is just even having access and the ability to use all the methods at your disposal. What, what did you discover about these reclaimed lands? Well, first, we find that the passive method may not be applicable to the shallow reclaimed land characterization, where human activities are not intensified. And the active method is thus recommended to apply in these regions. And moreover, the MSW results at four different sites demonstrate that shear wave velocity and in-situ complexity increase as we serve from the landfill with sorted sand and nature geology formation to the waste landfill with the increasing ages. Such comparison indicates a significant acceleration procedure in the soil hardening when the landfill materials are physical and chemical reactive with each other in the environment. And on the contrary, the landfill with nature soil does not exhibit a significant increment in the shear wave velocity. Why is it crucial to understand the subsurface properties in these reclaimed lands when looking to build on them? Well, you know, having a comprehensive understanding of the subsurface properties in a reclaimed land controls the safety and the cost of the reclaimed land's life cycle when we plan to design the building on them. And according to some regulations in the civil engineering communities, subsurface soil conditions should satisfy the design criteria to prevent the potential hazard, such as the soil liquefaction and insufficient bearing capacity you know, for the uh, structure safety consideration. And in our study, we use the shear wave velocity as essential indicators that directly related to the shear modules and closely correlated with the soil shear strength. So these parameters could reflect the underground mechanic properties that engineering concerned with. A lot of this study is really to help the public so you safely build and know where to build. What would you like the public to take away from this study? Our research conducts the MSW on various types of the reclaimed land you know, to verify the feasibility of such methods in engineering communities. And it, we hope it could pave the way for the future industrial large-scale characterization. And from our studies, such non-destructive methods shows a promising future because they are easy and efficient to conduct when we're acquiring the data with a very less cost. And so far, there is the, no regulation of MSW to follow on the reclaimed land. 
So it's like a pioneer test. And moreover, we also find that the properties of the reclaimed land that built with different materials yield a time variant properties. Hence, given the merits of the surface wave method mentioned above, we hope we can establish a monitoring system you know, to evaluate the near surface reclaimed land properties that based on the surface wave could be an essential but very challenging task. And furthermore, we hope our research could build a benchmark study for the public to value the advantage of the surface wave and further develop the surface wave monitoring technology. How can other geophysicists build upon this study in their own community? Well, our research provided uh, baseline studies of the data acquisitions on the reclaimed land, such as the source receiver offset and receiver spacing. So this information could reference by the other geophysics who will serve on similar reclaimed land in the future. And on the other hand, we pointed out the technique issue that related to the surface wave mode assignment and reported in our paper. So we saw this problems with a trial and error method that based on the back evaluation of our objective function and finally confirm the correct mode assignment. Although it may sound trivial, so we make a great effort to find the correct dispersion curves just in order to get a more accurate MSW, which is very important. And we think a more robust and accurate method that requires less manual judgments in the future work should be developed. What new questions about these reclaimed lands occurred to you during the investigation? Well, during the surface wave analysis, we found that the abnormal soil interlayers in this reclaimed land may cause a false interpretation in the dispersion spectrum. For example, the soft soil interlayer induces the mold jump issue that making the dispersion curve identification more challenging since the observed dispersion curve does not follow the single mode. In other words, the identifying the different modes in a surface wave dispersion spectrum that requires the great effort based on the engineer's subjective judgment, but it is still possible to wrongly interpret the curves. So correspondingly, the efficiency and accuracy of the data interpretation are greatly limited. So the large-scale field application is further, still need uh, further development. Hence, we think maybe an automatic inversion procedure, which does not require the human judgment on the dispersion curve picking for surface wave inversion, is intimate. And lastly here, what principle teaching or point of view has helped you succeed in this field? We think the combined analysis from the different disciplines is essential for our research. So our study requires the knowledge from the both geophysics and the geotechnical engineering. So such collaboration could benefit the engineering communities by obtaining the essential information in a non-destructive way, whereas it also provides some new scenarios for the applied geophysicists. The near-surface geophysicists could also obtain the new knowledge and develop the technology that from observing the time-variant materials, which is less common than, than the nature materials in the conventional geophysics domain. Well, there has been a lot of great work coming out of Singapore recently 
from geophysics perspective. So thank you for highlighting your paper that was in May's The Leading Edge. And we'll make sure the links are in, in this uh, conversation so people can go read it. So thank you again for highlighting your great work. Glad to talk with you, Andrew. Thank you very much. SEG produces Seismic Sound Off to benefit its members, the scientific community, and inform the public on the value of geophysics. To show your support for this show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Simply go to Seismic Sound Off on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on your phone. It takes less than five seconds to leave a five-star rating and is the number one action you can take to show your appreciation for this free resource. And follow the podcast while you are on the app to be notified when each new episode releases. Original music created by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary at 51 Features. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Cobb, Kathy Gamble, and Ali McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.